0: Right, all right, all right. Today is the day. We are graced with the presence of Arjun Lukasen, the brains, bones, and muscles behind some of the most legendary progressive metal of my lifetime and Phil's lifetime. This is the Great Heavy Music Podcast. I'm going to turn it over to the man who has produced 26 studio albums, four live albums, two EPs, 17 singles. He appears in over 50 other albums, he is oh. the brainchild of Arion, Star One, Guilt Machine, The Gentle Storm, and Stream of Passion. Arjun Lukasen, thank you so much for being here.
1: It's my pleasure, man. My pleasure, Alex. How many albums did you say? I never knew that.
0: Twenty-six studio albums, four live, two EPs, Holy seventeen shit. singles, and you've been <laughs> Oh my god. You've appeared in over fifty albums. Oh my god, yeah. So you, sounds basically, like a lot.
1: I must be an old bastard.
0: <laughs> but still handsome, might I say.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I, was the fishing. I was fishing there. <laughs>
0: That's right. We're, we're nowhere <laughs> without flattery. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, Aryan, thank you so much for being with us. I know Phil and I have really started this podcast because of you in some ways. Back in 2000, 2005, 2006-ish, we bonded so closely over your Human Equation album, and it changed our lives. We still listen to it and have been... Uh, rabid fans of yours. And uh, where I'd like to start this interview is you've had tremendous success. I, I would say by every measure, you've had more success in your chosen field than I'm sure you ever expected when you started. And, and I'd love for you to share with our listeners, what are some of the lessons you've picked up over the years and things you'd want to share? Maybe music, maybe just in life. Just tell us you know, what you've learned through all this success.
1: Well, I started Arion when I was 35, and up to that time, uh, I was trying to do what I thought people wanted, you know, and I was trying to do what I thought my band members wanted, and I was trying to do what I thought the, the record labels wanted, uh, you know, for, for for until I was 35, so for 20 years, you know, I, I've been doing that. And at some point I I was like, forget it, man. I think it was 1994 or something. It was like, let's do something I like and probably everyone will hate it. I will throw all the styles of music I like, you know, folk, electronic, metal, prog, everything in one big basket, you know, and make an album with all these different styles and it's gonna be crazy. I released it in in the 90s, you know, which was the days of grunge, of Nirvana and and Pearl Jam and stuff like that. And as I expected, you know, all the record companies were like, uh, we love it, it's great, we're going to play it this evening, but we're not going to sign you, you know, (laughs) because we won't be able to sell this. And um, then there was a Japanese label who said, hey, we like it, we release it. And to everyone's surprise, including my own surprise, you know, there was an invisible audience who loved it, you know. So the first album started selling and, and it started getting better and better. So, yeah, the life lesson is, you know, do what you're good at and don't try to do what you think other people would want to hear because that doesn't work. You know, you're not good at that. I mean, uh, I'm not Bon Jovi, you know, I I, I can't. If I try to write that kind of music, it won't come out well because it's not the kind of music I listen to. So, um, yeah, that was my life lesson. But having said that, you know, I I don't think I was ready for it earlier than when I was 35 because I had to learn a lot musically and also life in life. Um, So, yeah, I I love the way it went. You know, I I love that I didn't have this big success when I was 20. You know, because then it's only downhill from there. So, it, uh,
0: yeah, that worked for me. Do you, do you think because you had it, quote unquote, later, that you've appreciated it more?
1: Uh Oh, definitely, yeah. Because, you know, I don't know if you know the Monty Python sketch, you know, where they're talking about how poor they are. And, uh, you know, uh, I lived in the middle of a lake in a shoebox, you know. Right, right, right. I, I, I've been there, you know, <laughs> I've lived in this room from two by three and that was it, you know, no running water, nothing. And with the whole band, we were living there for years, you know, and it was it was terrible. We didn't give a shit. You know, we just wanted to make music. We wanted to play and, and it, we didn't care. And uh, so now I, I appreciate, you know, the success and, and uh, obviously the money that comes from that so much more definitely.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, the comforts that you have now are just, you know, radical. I, I went to law school in Florida and I was the only person in the school that didn't have a car. I had to drive a scooter because I didn't have any money and I was waiting, okay. ta- waiting, <laughs> waiting tables at a restaurant. And now that we've had a level of success that my wife and I enjoy these comforts, it's like, this is wonderful. I appreciate every moment of this, you know, I
1: know I was so much, so much, you know, if you have to, I know friends of mine, you know, who had that success when they were 20, and really, you know, the success is gone and, and they had that luxury and that luxury was gone. And so, uh, yeah, I'm glad it, it it was like a slow, you know, it went very slow uphill, um, you know, and I had my downs, of course, you know, but you have to push through and push through. And it, for me, it was never a choice. You know, that's what I want to do, music. And even if I die <laughs> doing it, you know, or, or if I starve doing it, it doesn't matter. And I think uh, the, the fact that I just persevered, you know, uh, paid off in the end. Uh,
0: your, your wisdom is deep, and I love it. And I have one more question about it. You've interviewed and, and you've, you've brought into your, your musical space so many iconic musicians in the metal world. What have you learned or what lessons would you like to share with our, um, our listeners, maybe who are early on to the music scene or who are interested in collaborating with others? What have you learned about working with other musicians? Because it seems like you're just having so much fun with these oh, wonderful, yes. wonderful people. That's
1: that's the most Definitely, important yeah. thing. It's there's two things that are important. One is the people should be nice. You know, if they're assholes, they can be like really good, you know, or really famous, but it's it's I, I don't want to do it anymore. You know, I did it in the past because I had to, but I don't want to do it anymore. I want to work with people who are nice, you know, because because then it's nice the time you spent with them is nice but also the result is is eventually better and um the second thing is when i started this whole thing with all the guest musicians you know i was uh, a control freak egomaniac i had they were my songs they were my melodies my lyrics and that's the way they had to be done you know if someone changed something no no this is the melody but then you get to work with Bruce Dickinson and you get to work with Fish and you get to work with Devin Townsend and all these guys who don't give a shit what I tell them. <laughs> they <laughs> don't do their own thing, you right. know. And and when I listen back to it, it's so much better than what I had, you know. So I, I definitely had to learn that as I was going with on with that uh, you should give them all the freedom because the result will just get better, you know. Not with everyone, of course, you know. Sometimes you give them the freedom and you notice like, oh, it's not getting better than what I had in mind. But usually I ask these singers because I'm a huge fan of them. Um, uh, so, yeah, obviously I have to, you know, let them do their thing. So I had to learn that. It was hard at the beginning.
0: I would imagine because you've probably felt like you have so much riding on it and this is your, you're clutching onto it because you love it so much and you want it to be perfect. But then you realize that I think collaboration has opportunity that independence lacks.
1: Totally, totally. And um, well, the the other uh, extreme is uh, doing concessions. You know, I would never do that. Like, okay, you know, uh, he wants to do that. I don't like it, but let him do it. I mean, I, I'm 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 control freak enough, you know, to if that happens, like no, we're gonna do it my way. But apart mm. from that, you know, uh, open up.
2: You don't want to sacrifice your vision, you know, at the same time. No, like no, no, yeah.
1: no, no, yeah. no. My vision has always, always has to be there, and uh, uh, I see the big picture. I think that's my strength. You know, I'm not an amazing singer or an amazing guitar player or an amazing anything. It's just I, I all the time i keep seeing the big picture and that's uh, the lyrics that's that's the music that's the production that's the mastering that's the artwork that's the promotion everything and i think that's my 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 talent
2: well let's I was curious how oh go ahead go, no, go ahead phil i was curious about um how you were able to get the uh such talented singers so early on in in the Arian, uh project because. I'm sure you had to build up the reputation before you started attracting, you know, bigger and bigger oh, yes. names. Yeah. So, I mean, like, what was it like trying to find people to? Well, fill it's these roles? it's
1: it's another lesson. Be nice to people. You know, be excellent to each other, as they say in Bill and Ted. <laughs> if you do all your life, yeah, really. If you do that all your life, you're open. You're not lying to people. You're not shitty behind their backs. Uh, they will always be there for you. So, if I when I started, Arion, I. I just, you know, I build up a whole list of friends who, who I trusted and who trusted me and who who helped me, you know, even though I couldn't pay them. Um, that's very important. Always be like totally, totally honest. And um, I remember for the first Arion, uh I started asking some big names. And, and of course, a lot of them say no, you know, or they or you don't even reach them because they don't know you. But then I got uh, Barry of Golden Earring, and Golden Earring is like the biggest band in Holland, and and I was a huge, he was my hero. And he said, yeah, sure, give me a bottle of whiskey and I'll do it, you know. (laughs) Amazing.
0: And that happened
1: a couple of times. Uh, I I, I wanted to have Robert Plant, but obviously I was a nobody. Uh, And Still, you know, I could not get Robert Plant. I mean, he's up there for me. uh, but I was like well I'm you know kingdom come with the let's happen and Clones with Lenny wolf and I was like, okay let's second best you know let's ask Lenny wolf. and same thing you know he heard the song he said, sure man I'll come to Holland and uh, and I'll do it if you play on my album and uh, uh, and then I got addicted you know I, I, I was like damn it man, I can get my heroes you know, to work with me and, and it's yeah. <laughs> a total addiction. Like on the last Star One album, I think I had like thirty guests. I just couldn't stop, you know. I got like, oh I got Jolene Turner, man. I'm such a rainbow fan. I got oh, yeah. Martin, the Black Sabbath, and oh my God, you know, <laughs> getting all these yeah. big names and you can't stop, you know, it's like an addiction.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah, you, it sure you, is. you made a great segue into your latest project, which is Revel in yeah. Time by Star One. And um, you in your opening track, Fate of Man, you have Brittany Slays from Unleash the Archers. And she's a friend of the show. We've interviewed her about a, cool. year, a year and a half ago or cool. so. Cool. Wonderful, wonderful yeah. lady. Great band. I know, I know, I know. How did you get hooked up uh, with her? Well,
1: that's a good thing, you know. By now, I've made a name for myself. So
0: uh,
1: it's easier to, to reach people. It's easier to convince people. Or maybe you don't have to convince them at all. Um, usually it's just, you know, I look them up on Facebook or maybe a record company or maybe a journalist knows them and I contact them and I always, I hope, like, I hope they know me, you know. <laughs> right. And of course, if they know me, I hope they like me. Uh, and and uh, I usually start with, like, I am Arjen and I explain what I do. And Brittany was like, hey, <laughs> of course I know who you are, you know, and of mm-hmm. course I'll do it. Just send me the song and, you know, no problem at all. And... Um, I, I, I knew the song would be perfect for her, and an extra bonus was that that the song was based on the movie Terminator, and she said that's my favorite movie ever. So perfect! <laughs> so cool. I
2: was gonna bring that up. I read about that. I was like, I already liked the song, but when I read that it was about the Terminator, I was like, this is like perfect. This is like two <laughs> great worlds colliding. I was like amazing movie, awesome song. That's so cool.
0: Fantastic. Thank you, man. Yeah, she's got an incredible voice, incredible power.
1: I, I think uh, in her style, she's the best in the world right now. Yeah. You know, she can do anything and she's, and she, she's got the charisma and she's such a nice person. You know, she she she's not arrogant at all and, and great to work with. And, uh, you know, she started really like working on the song and can we improve the lyrics and this doesn't rhyme. And what do you think of this? You know, it's great when people think along with you like that. You
0: know? She's a pro. Mm-hmm. And, and we totally. we encountered her for the first time on the 70,000 tons of metal cruise that leaves out of Florida. I'm, from, I'm in Florida now. And uh, her band was just one of the most phenomenal on, on the whole cruise. So that's why I contacted her for cool. the interview. And that leads me to ask you, I've seen uh, Hagar from Germany there with 20-some people on stage. Any chance in the world that you'll have a mini Arianne project on a boat one day?
2: Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: You've done everything uh, yeah. else. It's probably time, you know, either the moon oh, or the yeah. ocean. You uh, got to pick.
1: It would be very, very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can do it in a controlled environment like we do now. Uh, we do only shows in, in Holland in, in the same venue. And it takes us um, a, a week, a whole, we had to rent the whole venue for a week, you know, to set everything up the way we yeah. want. Well, so it's, it's very complex. And, and I'm too much of a control freak here and a perfectionist to just say, oh, let's just wing it, you know, that's not my thing.
0: Well, for our listeners who don't know, I was telling you before the recording that my children love your, your music and I've shown them some of your live projects, the Universe album live, and I've shown them Theater Equation. And I have to ask, was that just one of the most incredible, when you, you take yourself back to when you're 35 years old, you're starting this, you say, damn it, man, I'm gonna do it my way, or I'm not gonna do it. Did you ever think that you'd be putting on a full stage performance? Oh, no. I mean, gosh, no, you couldn't have even, even oh. imagined, right? <laughs>
1: Not at all. And working with all these people, you know, if you would have told little Aryan when I was like 20, uh, uh, watching Iron Maiden, you know, live, if you would tell me, Hey, this guy is going to come to your studio and sing your song. And, you know, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, right. Right. <laughs> no way. It was, it really, it was baby steps. You know, the first thing is I want to play in a band and your, your second Dream is like I want to play live, and then your next dream is I want to record an album, and then I want to tour. You know, and, and and that's the way it went for me. Just baby steps, baby steps.
0: And and so, was yeah. was doing the live performances. I mean, from the recordings, it seems like you're having so much fun being on stage and and performing as the hippie in in the intellectual castle <laughs> one. It just seems like you're uh, having fun. Is is it as fun as it uh, looks? No, <laughs> it's much more work. Be
1: no, it's no, it's just I have terrible stage fright, you know, because because I as I said before, you know, my talent is seeing the big thing, but my talent is not performing. And so I'm very insecure about it. So, uh, no, I mean, I, I, I lost like I'm already thin, as you can see, but I, I lost like eight kilos in those weeks before and I couldn't sleep. And, and it's it's awful for me. It's awful for me. It's, wow. It's like, I'm so nervous. If you see me backstage, you know, the other musicians were like, this guy, what is he doing? I'm just, you know, pacing around and, and,
2: and oh my it's, God, it's terrible. It's hard to picture that, yeah, with uh, with how cool that hippie was, that character, way you it off. It's really hard. <laughs> well, to, once,
1: to once I'm on stage, you know, and I see the faces of the people you know then it starts to be fun it's true but the whole the weeks before that you know and and it's oh wow. my god the or the months before that. yeah oh yes yeah. oh yes Is that, but it, then you know when i when i when it went well then i'm like in seventh heaven and it's like let's do it again let's do it again you know yeah.
0: do, do you think that comes from a sense of not wanting to let anyone down i mean do you are you putting pressure on yourself oh yeah yeah okay
1: yeah 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 totally yeah, yeah. i don't want to let any. Yeah, that's mostly. That's why I do it. You know, there's a lot of artists who don't give a shit what people think. Like, I'm gonna do this because I like it or, or whatever. I, I'm not one of those people. You know? <laughs> I'm a crowd pleaser. It's it's terrible, but if I you know like like with my album Transitus, my last Aerial album, wasn't received that well. You know, I mean, for the first time in 25 years. I, I start hearing negative comments and negative reviews start reading ne- negative reviews and it, it hurts man it's terrible because you let people down and, and and that's why I came up with this this uh, last star one album you know i gotta i gotta make something really really amazing now to to make up for that
2: oh, well i think transness is a good album so uh i'm gonna reject thank you any thank of you criticisms uh, but yeah the star one album, I was reading some other interviews that you've done, and it sounded like you were saying it was kind of like a release because of the painstaking process of making transits. And um, when you say it was a release, but you still got all these other singers and musicians that are like star-studded coming onto it. I mean, was that where... Did it become like a way to redeem yourself almost? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't please people with this. But yeah, I'm going yeah. To, you know uh, I mean?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I, we'll absolutely. You I think um, Transitute was supposed to be a movie, so it was a movie soundtrack, so I could see the movie in my mind, you know, uh, but the people couldn't, people were like, hey, where are the riffs and where are the solos and where are the instrumental parts and where's the prog and where's the metal and, and you know, none of that was, well, a little bit, you know, it was there, but um, I was like, I got to plug in that guitar, you know. I got to make some really strong riffs. I got to get some, the best singers in the world. I got to get the best guitar players in the world. You know, I'm just going to start at the top, you know. Who are my favorite guitar players? Uh, who's my favorite guitar player of all time, Steve Vai? Well, I'm never going to get him, but I'm going to try anyway, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. it was really start at the top and, and uh uh
2: I, I mean, it's, I it. <laughs> it just sounds like... Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm jumping all over you here. So, yeah. but, uh, no, no, no. Um, I was going to say, it's, it sounds almost like you You have this painstaking, miserable process with... Not miserable, but tough process with transitus, and then you have this fun process with Star 1 that was received even better. It seems like maybe when you're just kind of natural and and just kind of having it's fun, it's, it's gonna be a little T-
1: Trying to get the, this movie going. You know, it's not my world, so I'm talking to all these people from the movie world and yeah, that takes uh, three million, that's five million and you need this producer, you need that, and you need this studio and it was all so complicated and, you know, so really it was like, let's do something that I I know how to do, you know, and and playing the kind of music I, I, I did with Star One. Uh, I started with that kind of music in, in, when I was 18, you know, back in 1978. So that kind of stuff is in my blood, you know. It, it, yep. it comes much easier, and uh, yeah,
2: and you can hear it. It's 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 a fun album to listen to. You can it just sounds like everyone's having a good time, even I, I know it's
1: it's performing. fun. Even though some of the few songs and lyrics are pretty dark, you know, you <laughs> well. can you can still hear the fun. And if you look at the behind the scenes. Uh, which is which is on the on the blu-ray uh there's like uh, all the singers and all the guitar players they all sent in like a little video you know and and it's all so positive you know it's all such great people and uh i think yeah fun was the key word for a reveling time yeah
0: have you ever analyzed i don't want to turn this into a therapy session but have you ever analyzed why you responded in the way that you did when you got negative critique after 25 years of basically home runs, one album it's, that had some minor critique and then you're like... I, I
1: know, I know. But it, it's it's the same way. I mean, Revel in Time got... I must have read uh, 150 reviews and there were two negative, you know, and they hurt. You know, that's, that's, that's the, the masochist in my head. I got this masochist. I hate uh, the guy, yeah. you know, but he's in my head. He's the one who doesn't make me sleep, and he he doesn't want. He's the one who makes me nervous if I have to go on stage or whatever. And yeah. uh, and and he's the one, you know, who who tells me, ah, you got two bad reviews. See, it's a shitty album. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, there. Yeah. Shouldn't do that. But.
2: That's. Well, that, that's like, uh, if we're going to take one of the characters from Human Equation, that's like pain. <laughs> I know, I know, yeah. yeah. That's so in your a head, in your good, good
1: analogy. That's an excellent yeah. analogy. I got Devin Townsend in my head. I got <laughs> yeah. <in> head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're like, ah But yeah. I mean, hey, two, 2
2: out of 150, that's, that's pretty pretty damn good. For uh, I know, that's it's, a, it's a really great, great good. And I
1: shouldn't be worried I mean, about it, you know? Yeah. Well, I get I get worried when they're, they're sort of right, when I can kind of agree with them you know then i get worried like oh my god you know <laughs> he, he could yeah, be right in yeah. this but if it's a review you know where they're just like hey it's not heavy enough not enough growls or, or whatever you know yeah. then I'm like okay that's your your taste and you know I, that that won't bother me but you know then then, then i read or i hear from people hey faded man sounds like uh, uh, sounds like a, an Iron Maiden song, Aces High. It is, and, and then I listen to it and I'm like, oh my God, you know, I hear it. <laughs> They're right. I totally didn't do that on purpose, but I can hear, you know, what what they mean, and that hurts. That hurts.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the topic, and that sound is. We're gonna do a quiz with you. We usually quiz our guests to see how well they know their music. And are you ready? Are you in for this unexpected pop quiz? It's not graded.
1: Oh, that's about my own music. Oh, that's terrible, man. I'm an old man.
0: Let's my do memory. it. You're gonna do. You're gonna crush it. Okay, I'm gonna ask you. Which album was Jorn Land on? Zero one zero one one zero zero one. Ding 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 ding. You got it. <laughs> and as as, as a album, as a follow-up question, when you touch or shake his hand. Do you feel an energy that pulses through you that makes you think you could float? Because that guy's got the most beautiful voice and beautiful hair I've ever heard in my life.
1: <laughs> You're in London. You you mean Yorn? Yeah. Yeah, Yorn is amazing. I mean, when, it's, it's scary what this guy
0: can do. His voice is just like the perfect combination of everything you've ever heard in metal and rock. I mean, was he just? Uh, I know,
1: and it's so versatile. You know, you got the low Coverdale like the comatose thing you know you got the really really high screens and and it's it's all and it's so easy for him you know it's so easy he does like five takes They're all five of them are totally different and they're all five they're brilliant it's when i have to mix your it's like a luxury problem you know i got five perfect yeah, takes. which one am i gonna take
0: <laughs> yeah i love it i i just figured working with him had to be something that you're kind of like wow this guy is really something else even his Album where he's on the Dracula. I, I you're probably familiar with.
1: Uh, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah, just like yeah.
0: God. This guy's incredible. Okay. All right. Yep. Ne- next question. Which album of Arion did not feature Ed Warby? Which of your Arion albums <laughs> do not have Ed? Warby?
1: Uh, actually, Dream Sequencer was with Rob uh, Snyder's because it was like a soft Pink Floyd kind of album, you know, and that's not uh, Ed's strength. Uh, and obviously, Transitus was not planned to be an Arion album, you know, it was planned to be a movie soundtrack. So I, I, I needed like a different kind of drummer, you know, not a pu- pure uh, drum machine, you know, that this human drum machine that Ed is. So Transitus has a different uh, drummer as well. But you, uh...
0: you are two for two, my friend. You're doing just fine. <laughs> Yes. I, but I'm, I'm curious, I'm, I have a question about Ed. I'm a drummer, n- not anywhere near professionally, but just casually, I like to drum. And, and um, Ed has been always amazing on all your Arian stuff. How did you and he kind of get this mesh where he got you and you guys work together so well?
1: Uh, well, the first Arian album, I, I, I... Ah, the first... No, first Arian album I didn't do with Ed either. And basically, the second, the original version, I didn't use Ed either, so... I was wrong. Anyway, you're one, uh, you're one, one for worked, two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I worked with a different uh, drummer in the first album and uh second album was a drum machine actually. Uh, uh, he redid it later, luckily. And, um, I, I, I asked, uh, a famous producer here in Holland. I asked him, listen, man, I need a combination between Neil Part and uh, John Bonham and Cozy Powell, you know, he said well i got the guy for you, you know because those are his favorite drummers wow and he said it's, it's ed morby and i was like yeah ed is amazing but he's a death metal drummer you know? he was in Gorefest and i saw him live once And it was all blast beats and right you know he's not gonna like my music and he's not gonna have like the the finesse you know to play the stuff i want and well try it out and then electric castle was the first album we did with him and, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. All these weird time signatures, he got them immediately. And even the groovy stuff he got, you know, that I, I keep saying it. He's like the perfect combination of man, uh, man machine. He's a man machine, you know. <laughs> he's got the yeah. uh, human drum computer. It's it's amazing.
0: So cool. Yeah, it's been Really incredible to see him play across so many albums and it always seems to fit. Somehow he creates something new where he just, instead of playing on well, the to- he's
1: Well, he's a musical drummer. He listens to the songs and he listens, you know, he wants to hear the, the vocals too. And, and um, not many drummers do that, you know, they're just into the rhythm, but he really listens to the composition and, and that's very important.
0: That's so cool.
1: He's an intelligent drummer.
0: Okay. This next one is the last one and it's multiple mm-hmm. choice. I'm gonna give you a, a little bit of an insight here. Sure. Okay. What is the second long, second shortest Arian album? I think if you pick the shortest, it's gonna to be too easy. <laughs> so I'm challenging you a little bit. What's the second shortest Arian album? Is it A Transitus, B Final Experiment, or C The Source?
1: Ah. Uh... Which would be the shortest? I think it's between Transitus and Final Experiment.
0: You are correct. The source is 88 minutes and 33 seconds. Yes. Uh, oh,
1: my God, which is one of those? Well, uh, tra- I remember Transitus was supposed to be a movie, and they had to be uh, at least 100 minutes or so. Uh, no, no. Uh, one hour and 30 minutes. Uh, oh, my God.
0: Uh, Final Experiment? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Look, you're still loved. Don't worry. You, you okay. got it right. And if you hadn't got it wrong, we'd still love you. Uh, Final Experiment was 71 minutes and 17 seconds, and Transitus is 80 minutes and 47 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, oh, sorry. I was... Uh, oh, the second. Okay. No, the, the, no, the, problem. The
0: shor- no problem. The shortest album <laughs> of all is the Actual Short- Final Fantasy. Experiment. Actual Fantasy is the shortest at 54 minutes and 18 seconds, but okay, your, your, sec- yeah, yeah. your second shortest ever was Final Experiment at 71 minutes, I figured cool. if I asked you what was the shortest, you would know actual fantasy. Very okay, quickly. yeah, 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 of course. Because it wasn't a concept album. Well, yep. Arden, uh, we are our, our podcast is dedicated to reviewing post-2000 releases that are heavy that we want people to, to go listen to because we love them. And, and we think that there's so much metal out there and so much music out there these days that it can take a long time to sift through the bad to get to the good and Mm -hmm. our podcast is dedicated to bringing just the good stuff we want to streamline it for our listeners and say if you go listen to the albums we recommend you're going to be happy they're they're great great quality so what we have done over the last few months is we've took taken a little bit of a left turn and we are just reviewing your catalog we're reviewing all of the arion albums in in a full episode and we just finished into the electric castle and we're getting ready to start universal migrator and i'm curious If we take you back to that time, because I had read that you were kind of thinking, if Into the Electric Castle doesn't work, I'm going to hang it up and do something else. And then it was a smashing success. Tell us about that. How did that feel when you kind of went from thinking, this is it, to, oh my God, I get to keep doing this?
1: The best, the best ever. You know, because the first final experiment did well. You know, it was promising, but it wasn't this huge hit. And then actual fancy people didn't get it. And, and Electric castle was all or nothing, you know, I, I I wanted it to be so over the top that people either would say like, Oh my God, this is so bombastic. I mean, I can't believe it. You know, With the Roman and the barbarian in space, you know, I mean, it's so fucking cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I was like, I, I want to go all the way, all the way and just go so, so much over the top. And um, even the record company was like, "Oh my God, you know, I don't know, I don't know. Let's, you know, let's let's not tell people that it's really good, you know, because then they will be disappointed." I was like, "What? You are my record company? What?" <laughs> I still remember that moment. I said, "We just have to tell them that it's amazing," and 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 then you know, and then the album was released, and and the record guy came. I, it was my birthday, and he came to me. I got a present for you. And he had like a list where that showed that it entered the, the Dutch chart, you know? And that was <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Like, oh my God, you know, there are people who like my weird shit.
0: <laughs> were, were there people at that, was that kind of the time when someone would start to approach you and say, hey, you're the guy from Arian, oh my God. You know, was that kind of when you became recognizable or did that come later? Well,
1: I, I, I'm a total recluse. You know, I, I've been for a long time. Um, so so I don't go out that much, you know, but yeah, if I go out now, you know, people will, of course, recognize me and uh, also the thing is, you know, I haven't played live for 20 years with Arion. So that was a good thing, you know, I'm more the man behind the screens. So I never really had that or it was never a problem for me, you know, if I would go shopping. Uh, Uh, okay there would be one guy who recognized me and he would come to me and then it would just be a nice talk you know so it wouldn't be like oh you know I can't go shopping anymore (laughs) right (laughs) anything but um, and it only feels great you know when people recognize you and and tell you that like you change their lives or, or whatever that's 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 what I do it for
0: so after into the electric castle becomes a success and you're pleasantly surprised you move into the universal migrator which was a really huge i think your longest uh album but by, by about could
1: be, could be.
0: by yeah. about by almost 30 minutes i mean it's really really a, a heavy project did you kind of feel like yes. did you feel like you were invincible at that time that you could do whatever you wanted or did you what was the uh, thing the,
1: the weird thing if i look back at my career with arian is i make an album a safe album and I make a dangerous album that's the way I call it I make a safe album like this I'm sure people are gonna like this and then I make a dangerous album oh I'm not sure people are gonna like this hmm. you know so I did the final experiment total big rock opera you know uh, I think people will love it then I did actual fancy which was completely different it was my dangerous album you know I'd, oh my god you know where are the big names where's the concept then I did uh, electric Castle. So like people have to love this you know And then it was time for something dangerous again, which was Universal Migrate. It was like, okay, let's split up my two styles. You know, let's make a prog album. Let's make a metal album. And uh, (laughs) uh, I think because I did that, it it hasn't become the classic that Electric Castle or Human Equation is, you know, because I split up these two styles. And I think what people like about my music is is the combination of these two styles. Yes. Don't split them up but actually I am uh, remixing uh, the Universal migrator now so not remastering remixing which is like a process of a month um, and it's weird I really think Universal migrator has better songs than than uh, electric castle and it has better songs than human equation and I you know I, I, I'm mixing them I'm making them sound better and it's like shit you know people have to hear that this album is. Cool too, you know. It's it's got Dawn of a Million Souls with Russell, and it's got Black Hole with with Bruce Dickinson, and it's and it's got uh, First Night on Earth with with Neil Morse, and it, and it's and it's got uh, The Druids Turn to Stone with Damien. Yeah. It's Got all these. Well, <laughs> these I've I've have
0: yeah. s- said to Phil for a number of years, this is a sleeper. This album is a sleeper because uh, y- you I know, know it's got I know. W- 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 the, when the Druids turn to stone, and when Damien sang that live. I mean, if you
1: the best song of the whole show.
0: No question. I mean, that guy. Like, if your hair isn't standing up on your arms when you're watching him sing, that, I know. you're not alive.
1: Uh, and and yeah. it's weird, That's... you know. It's a ballad. You would think like the heavy song, you know, "Donald Made Souls" or whatever, or or you know, that that song is going to be the highlight. But then you got the most quiet song, you know, and that becomes the highlight of the of the show. It's it's
0: amazing. Amazing. And of course. Thanks to Damien, of course. He incredible vocalist, job. incredible. Oh god, yeah. yeah, legendary. Yep. Phil, what do you got? I know I've asked a million questions. You got anything?
2: Uh yeah. I um, I was thinking too. I again, I've, I've read a couple of interviews because I'm, I wanted to make sure we weren't asking the same things. You've been asked ten times or whatever <laughs> this year. But um, I noticed that a lot of times people talk about your like classic rock influences, like Deep Purple and. Uriah Heep and stuff, but I was curious about what is like a contemporary band that you find really influential, like a band that you think, "Wow, these guys are it." You know, people, if they're not as, big, if they're not huge yet, yeah, they certainly should be. Like, what's a contemporary well, band that you draw influence from, or? Oh uh, well,
1: from? that's that's the shitty thing, and I've always been afraid of it. Um, back in the days of 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 uh, Black Sabbath and Deep Purple and Uriah Heep and Led Zeppelin. You know I wasn't a musician and I could listen to music as a fan uh, and I've always been afraid like I'm learning too much about music I'm learning too much about production uh, I'm gonna listen to music as a musician you know and I'm not gonna be able to enjoy it anymore and I'm afraid that's happening you know that started happening maybe 10-15 years ago uh, I, I really I now I listen to music Especially the music that's close to me, you know. Especially the the metal side, Um, I listen as a as a music as a professional. So, uh, to answer your question, uh, it would be all the all the bands that um, where I ask the singers, you know. uh, Right. Well, I guess yeah. We were talking about Unleash the Archers. you know, Definitely. stuff like, like uh, Symphony X, uh, Crowbot, uh, let, let me see. Uh, what about Between
0: uh, the between the Buried and Me? You asked Tommy to sing on on when you're Totally, albums, on, totally, On The I, Source.
2: Uh, yeah, we love, we love
1: those guys. I love them and I love his solo albums, you know, because his solo albums aren't close to what I do. They're on rock metal albums, you know, so that's basically how I discovered him. So, yeah, I can still enjoy, like, totally different music uh, as as a listener. But as soon as it gets in, in my territory, I listen as a, as a as a musician. And that's a shame, you
2: know, It's a shame. Well, is it like uh, you're a lot more analytical of it than you Yeah, yeah. You were?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, like, if I would have, if, if Dream Theater would have been a band in the 70s, you know, would it be my favorite band ever. But, you know, Dream Theater came on when I was already doing Ariel, and I was, like, learning so much. So, really, I listened to them as a musician. And and I, I, it's amazing what they do, you know. And they're the biggest. Oh, yeah. uh, um, but still, you know, I I can't enjoy it anymore as as a listener. And that's uh, <laughs> I, I hate it. <laughs>
0: Maybe you just need to it. smoke a bunch of weed and eat some gummies and just relax. I think. Yeah, I think <laughs> yes. I think oh, that's well, but...
1: that would be the way. Definitely. <laughs> it
0: can't hurt. Yeah. Tur- turn your brain off. Just turn the ignition off in the brain for a little while.
1: I know, but then we go back to the little masochist <laughs> in my head. You know, he won't let me do that.
0: That's true. That's true. He
1: won't. It never turns off. It, it only turns off when I watch like a movie in, in the evening. You know, that's when it turns off. And being an old bastard, unfortunately, that also the moment where I start dozing off, <laughs> you know, well, well you know, you... finally, finally in the evening, I'm watching my uh, my favorite TV series, and it's like, ah, oh, finally I can relax, you know, no music in my head, nothing, and then, you know, and I miss, <laughs> I miss half of it. It's... <laughs>
0: Well, you said you're an old bastard. Happy belated birthday. I saw online that your birthday is April the 3rd. We're recording this on April 9th, I think. No, April 8th. So happy belated birthday Thank to you. you. Thank you so much again for Yeah, yeah, us. yeah.
1: Let's make it a birth week. That's
0: right, it's that's right. Counts. You're, you're, you're yeah, the exactly. man. Well, you, you, you brought up Dream Theater, which is a great seg for me because, as I mentioned earlier, Human Equation was hugely influential on Phil and my life, personally. And you had James LeBrie on Human Equation. And I'm curious. Uh, two things about Human Equation. First... How many hours went into, if you could, have you ever quantified just from inception, from thought to completion? Is it thousands of hours? I mean, it just seems like it would be an extraordinary amount of time to put together something like that.
1: Well, yeah, it's, it's hard to say because, cause I always, like I said, you know, until I doze off into the movie, I'm always thinking about music and I'm always composing and I'm always creating. So it's, it's, not it's seven days a week, you know no holidays, no weekends so it's always going on in my head um, actually uh, human equation was I, I remember it was pretty easy album to make. I think it was just a good good time and uh, I remember the lyrics I wrote uh, the lyrics are of course about the 20 days in the, in the man's coma. Uh, and I really wrote a lyric a day and so I wrote those lyrics in, in 20 days. Wow. Um, so that went really fast. I still remember because uh, a lot of people often say, you're such a genius. with These rock operas and these big stories, but it's a lot easier. You know, you, you think of a story and I'm curious myself, what's going to happen in the next song? You know, tomorrow I'll know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're telling yourself a story. And, and it's so much easier to write lyrics that way than to come up with, with 20 different subjects. You know, what am I going to write about now? Because now I am work, I have a, an idea for a new band, you know, and it won't be a concept. And, and so I got to think of all these different songs with different topics. And I thought, like, oh my God, thinking weeks, just about one song. I can't get it, think of a topic. But with Human Equation, I was really telling myself a story. Like it was really like, hey, I'm curious how it's going to end. <laughs> so it, it went pretty fast, the uh, writing of the lyrics. And the whole inception yeah I would say uh, uh, f- uh, at least a year, I think okay. and then you know including recording and and uh, and mixing and stuff one and a half years it's I think it's about what it takes me to do an album.
0: And realistically that's what probably eight to ten hours a day, maybe 12, 14 hours a day no 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 not 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 that much no no uh,
1: f- oh, it's it's hard to say uh actively doing music is maybe five six hours but in my head it just goes on and on you know so it's yeah hard to put a number on it
0: because you know i had a, a former client who became a friend of mine and, and a mentor and he ran a very successful multinational company and, and he said famously to me and he's made this statement many times over the years he said my last overnight success took 10 years <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know but- th- i think of that when i think of you you know it's inspiring that you started Ariane at thirty-five because I'm thirty-five and I've mm-hmm. feel like I've lived a career and I could start a new one if I really wanted. To. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely.
0: You know, and that's remarkable. But it's not like you just get to do it in an afternoon. It's going to take you years and many hours of concerted uh, effort.
1: Again, it's baby steps. You know, it, it really, if if I hear a whole album now, I'm like, oh my god, how did I do that? How am I ever going to do it again? But you just start with this little idea you know, and then you build on it and build on it and build on it. And, and really, if you do something baby steps, it won't scare you. You know, it won't be like, like, a, like a, a sort of Damocles h- hanging over you, you know, like, <laughs> Oh my God. Right. Uh, really that that's the way to do it. Just baby steps. And uh, basically I always try to do a solo album, like a really simple solo. elm. I mean, for me. I wish you were here of of, uh, Pink Floyd. You know, it's such a simple album. It's got like four notes and it's all quiet. And I always want to do an album like that. So I always start like that. um, And then it builds, you know, and then I want this singer and I want this harmony and I want this instrument. And then it grows and grows and grows.
0: So, yeah, that's the way I do it. Arjen, do you have a favorite album from the recording process? Was there one album that you recorded and you felt like had the most fun or was exciting to you oh no
1: i i enjoy all the recording you know way more than than the playing live uh obviously in in the 70s 80s and 90s i i I toured the whole world i played live for 15 years and i basically discovered that wasn't my thing you know i'm I'm glad i did it i'm glad it's out of my system and when i started doing it it was cool you know you're young and then it's sex, drugs, rock and roll and <laughs> most of all the women, of course, and it was beautiful, you know, but at some point I was like, no, uh, for me, uh, my true passion is composing and, and uh, recording, you know? Um, so I, I like all all the recording. I, I really could not pick pick a favorite, no.
0: Since you've been doing this for 25 years or so, you know, specific to the Arian and other side projects, how has the technology in the music field changed what you can do? Because and the reason I'm asking this question is you had some pretty advanced sounding and, and progressive sounds in your very early stuff. And you've kept that same style. It's identifiably you, but I'm wondering, has it gotten easier to record? Has it gotten easier to produce or is it more uh, complex?
1: Of course it's, it's become easier. Yes. But making it easier makes it more complex because you have more options, mm. you know, and, and um, I'm doing Universal Mike. I told you I'm remixing uh, Universal Mike Red, and I was still recorded on tapes. And, you know, it's so nice. I, 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 I work on it and it's I see all these tracks and there's not, you know, I've made my choices and there's not like uh, 500 tracks where, oh, my God, you know, which track am I going to use? You know it's it's simple and and uh uh somehow it, it, it's yeah i wouldn't say that it gets better you know because it gets easier and i always try to go back you know to that feel i had when i did electric castle you know when i just had 16 tracks or whatever uh and i always look back at my favorite albums you know uh, famously people always say sergeant pepper because it only had four tracks you know and, and uh, And all that old, all the old albums where you were limited to eight tracks and they, you know, they're so much cooler somehow. So you would say, why don't you go back to that? But you can't because you got Pro Tools and you got 500 tracks, you know, and if a singer sings out of tune, you just tune it and you got all these options and possibilities. But one, it doesn't make it better. uh, And two, it doesn't make it faster, you know, because you have... All these options, and you're going to use them. So, in the end, you spend just as much time on it uh, as wow. you would if you would have recorded with analog.
0: <laughs> that's very interesting, you know, that death by choice. You know, it's like there's so many things and so many options. Even when you sit down to watch television, there's 9,000 choices. That, that's
1: it. it. That's it. You know, as a kid, I would watch MTV, you know, all day. Right. I would have MTV, and there was a lot of crap there, and there was rap and disco, and I hated it, you know, but you watched it anyway. Right. You know? So you know all those songs, you know all those clips. Right now, if you got your channel on, and, and some rapper starts, oh, you fuck, where you go, you know.
0: Right, <laughs> you know? right, right.
1: Go to the next, you know. Or YouTube, of course. I mean, you're watching a video you kind of like but your eye is already drawn to the list on the right, you know, right. other options. Maybe there's something better. <laughs> click on that. I click. It's terrible. And I'm totally guilty. You know, I, I do it too. And it's such a shame. Well, you know, it, that's, that's why it's so good that vinyl is coming back. You know, you got to put it on, you got to sit and you got to finish that album. You know, you can't quickly skip a song. And uh,
0: Yeah. I think there's something to be said for that. Let me tie that into some themes of your, your music. You know, very early on particularly in actual fantasy you had some i don't want to say morbid but some concerning thoughts about how the human race is going to end up destroying itself and then that has appeared many many times in in your subsequent albums and coming out of this pandemic and you know now all sorts of problems that are resultant and environmental it just seems like everywhere you turn you may be f- fulfilling uh, that pr- prophecy you know in observation but in other in other senses the world has never been more beautiful in terms of uh, life-saving technologies and uh, food, mm, food mm. to other regions and, and poverty levels in places that usually you know, had high infant mortality. And there's many reasons to be very optimistic. I'm curious, mm. as you've lived your life, are you feeling more optimistic or more morose about uh, the future of mankind? And that's a heavy question.
1: <laughs> it totally is, yeah. Um uh... I'm terrible. I stick my head in the sand You know, I don't want to know if I turn on TV and I see what's happening in the world and I see what people think or what they say, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe it, you know. So, yeah, I'm awful. I stick my head in the sand and um, like you said, you know, on the one hand, things are, are, are looking up. On the other hand, they aren't at all, you know, so yeah. I'm usually a kind of like a half the glass is empty kind of guy because then things can only get better. <laughs> you know? That's the way it works.
0: Set your expectations low and you'll never be disappointed type thing. That's it. Got it.
1: That's it. You know? That's the same thing when I release an album, you know? Uh, people are going to hate this. You know? Uh, it's better f- think about my new album really quickly and make a good album, you know? <laughs> and then, hey, people like it, you know? it's uh, yeah.
2: Field, do you d- have a like an overall oh sorry i was gonna ask well speaking of the music and themes oh it seems like a lot of arian has forever of the stars and that the species that is trying to explore and understand human emotions and then obviously the human equation is based on you know the inner emotions of somebody like is there a message you want to say like you is there an overarching like message i guess in in the in that concept that seems to keep reappearing about humanity and its emotions.
1: I, I, I really don't like messages. I've never liked messages in music, you know. Um, I, I want escapism. As a kid I wanted escapism uh, and as, as a musician I want to offer escapism and I don't want to um, uh yeah confront people with with reality or, or with the pandemic right now or whatever or with climate change or whatever really I try to avoid it but somehow it's it you know between the lines there's always what do I really think and and the the message always creeps in somehow in my music but I I really I try not to
0: Well you doing uh, you' just doing, a part of the preach. story yeah okay. You do an incredible job of the escapism because even going back to what I've said now a few times, Phil and I, as kids, you know, you're having a rough time in high school and you're growing up and you're finding your way, but we bonded over that Human Equation album so tightly. It was kind of like, Ooh, our, well, yeah. it was kind of like our thing. We're it's like, right. man, this is the coolest thing ever. I can't believe it. We'd show it to other people <laughs> and, and maybe they wouldn't get it, but he and I got it. You know what I'm saying? Like we, yeah, we that's had... That's
1: exactly what I want. You know, that that's who I was as a kid. So I totally understand that.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, that, and- that album was just... It's a lifelong bond now and and you know in a weird way you rattled off I was writing down the the albums and their lengths for the quiz I gave you earlier and you went from universal migrator to human equation then zero one zero one one zero zero one then theory of everything then the source I mean that if, if somebody had to identify your your kind of sweet spot of your golf swing that was like mm. that was right there man I mean you were just crushing it for those <laughs> The, the, in sequential order, you know, I know you said you took some risks yeah. and then you made it more.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that goes there too, you know. Zero One was totally an album. People are going to love this, you know. Yes. It's got
0: your, like you said. Yeah, you and know, Hansi cursed, <laughs> and, and all these guys.
1: It's got 70, it's the, the biggest prop metal singer in the world. You know, people are going to love this. And then Theory of Everything was a dangerous album, you know. <laughs> it was four long tracks. And it was all this proggy, uh, very proggy album. It, it, it had no choruses, you know, it had no catchy stuff. That was my Dangerous album. And you, see, I just got my royalty check, you know. And you see it, you got all the albums there, you know, and you see which albums did well and and uh, didn't do so well. And, and it's clear, you know, all those Dangerous albums just didn't do well. <laughs> like, like, uh, like, uh, theory, everything didn't recoup, you know. Um, but Zero One and The Source totally recouped, so... Yeah. Uh, but wh- I, I like it that way, you know? I like it that way.
0: That's cool. Now, which one of your albums has been most uh, financially successful? Is it Into electric Castle?
1: Well, of course, because it's one of the early albums, you okay. know, and uh, so it had a longer time period to sell, mm-hmm. so that yeah. would obviously be my... my uh, but yeah, uh, I think the standouts are Electric Castle and Human Equation, you know, those are two albums uh, that did really well. And and of course you also have to think about in those days you sold more albums, you know, because yeah. there wasn't streaming and there wasn't YouTube and there wasn't yeah, downloading exactly. and stuff like that. Yeah. So obviously they, they sold more. I think otherwise an album like The Source, uh, especially with the day the world breaks down, you know, which is such a, such a big success on, on YouTube, uh, maybe it would have sold more, you know, if it would have been released in, back in those days. But, uh, but yeah, those two albums are usually the albums that stand out for people.
0: You bring up an interesting point, Arjun. W- would you recommend to someone, let's say you had a nephew who who was like, you know what, I want to do what you did, and I'm going to start today, in 2022, would you encourage it or would you discourage it because of the change in the musical industry, specifically album sales and the lack of importance of a label and it just seems almost like if there's more. Never been more opportunity for the little guy, but also yeah. maybe less opportunity for people who are really successful. I don't know.
1: Well, it totally depends on who would ask him if I would recommend it. You know, if I get mails like, uh, "Hey, man, I'm i I'm a businessman. I'm doing fine, but I love music so much. You know, I want to give up my job for music. Should I do it?" I always say, "No way." You know, keep your job. Do it as a hobby, uh, because He's already doubting if he should do it, you know. For me, it was never a choice. It was never an option. I, I got to do music, music or die, you know. Right. <laughs> it was never an option. And I never asked myself, should I do it? It was just, yeah, that, that's what I got to do. So if, if someone like that asked, I would always say, no, don't do it. But yeah, of course, the musical climate has totally changed and new bands are having a hard time. You know, if, if, if you look at the... The the festivals, you know, the big bands, it's, it's all uh, old bands, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was all old uh, bands on top of the top of the bill. And uh, <laughs> I remember Joost van der Broek, who's my keyboard player and who also arranges all the live shit. He does everything for me. He's a young guy, you know, and he saw that. And uh, <laughs> he's very, I'd never forget him saying that. He said, I'm going to start an old band. <laughs> it didn't make sense at all, you know. All these old bands have success. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So it depends if, if they're basically, if it's a calling that they just can't shut out, they have to do it, then do it. But if it's... Yeah, totally do it. Yeah, Totally do it, yeah. Okay, cool. But
1: but that's, that's the thing also, you know. Once you have a good job, there's no going back, you know. I never had a good job. I never had any income, whatever, when I was a kid, so... Uh, but yeah, going back, I, I noticed with a lot of friends of mine who were way more talented than me, you know, but they had a good job and they were, they were not going to give that up for a life of uncertainty. Oh. You know, there's, there's no way back.
0: Arjen, t- totally left turn here, but one of the albums that I've loved of yours that's not Arian is The Guilt Machine. And that was a one and only type thing. Could you tell me a little bit about that, whatever you'd want our listeners to know about that experience and that recording? Because I love that album.
1: Uh, well, I wanted to do something serious. I wanted to do something not cheesy. (laughs) Okay. Not that Ariel is cheesy, but I don't mind if people call it cheesy, you know? I mean, a hippie and a barbarian in space, come on. Right. You know, I I wanted to do uh, like a really serious album, uh, with really, really good lyrics, with cryptic lyrics that were really intense. And, um, uh, I really succeeded with that album, you know. I also wanted to do it with just one singer, and um, the lyrics are written by, by my girlfriend Laurie, and they're like really deep. And I could never write lyrics like that. It's it's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I listened back to it uh, uh, some time ago, and I was like, oh my god, you know. <laughs> so I was so proud of it. I also I would never make another one. Um, for two reasons. One, uh, none of the musicians are available anymore, unfortunately. Um, And secondly, I could never make an album of that quality again. You know, I could only make it part two that wouldn't be as strong as as part one. So uh, that's really a one-off thing uh, that I'm extremely proud of. And again, it was, to get back to my safe and dangerous album. It was a dangerous album, because it um, it didn't do as well. Uh, obviously, not as well as Arion, you know, because Arion, the name sells a lot. Uh, but yeah, it took a long time. I was talking about that royalty check. It finally recouped on the new uh, royalty check. But it took a long time to recoup. So it, it's funny, Guilt Machine. It's it's like uh, a lover, love it or hate it album. It's a lot of fans, they, th- they, it's, it's their favorite album of mine. And a lot of fans are just like, no, I don't get it.
0: Crazy. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I love it so much. I can't even imagine somebody who likes your other stuff not liking it.
1: Well, maybe if if you like uh, like Valley of the Queens or you like. Uh, 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 I don't know. Maybe maybe your your twins wouldn't wouldn't like it. You know. That's a good point. I have to I play mean, it for them
0: and see what they think.
1: Cause... Yeah, because they're like the river of time oh, on the river of right. time. Yeah, you know. They, maybe they. But you don't have that with with guilt machine. You know,
0: it's it's
1: uh, it's dark and it's plodding and it's uh, mysterious and uh... yeah. Try it out.
0: I'm I'm gonna I'll report back to you. I promise. Scouts on. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Phil, do you have anything for Arjen? I know I've been asking a lot. No, no, it's uh, fine. Um, no, I was wondering if you had any
2: bands that, uh, I, I don't know if you want to reveal too much, but that you're looking to collaborate with or singers from bands that you're looking to collaborate with uh, that you haven't done yet.
1: Uh, it depends very much on what kind of project I'm doing. You know, first I need the music. Uh, Then when I have the music, I get an idea for the concept and the lyrics, so then I have the music and the lyrics and then uh, I start looking for singers and these singers have to fit the music and they have to fit the lyrics. Like if I do a science fiction project, I already know that a lot of singers will be like, no, no, no science fiction. Really, I, I, I get that from singers, like, oh, no, huh. not, not some, some cheesy science fiction thing. Yeah. Uh... For, yeah, for some reason, science fiction in movies is totally allowed, but science fiction in, in music is cheesy for some Weird. reason, I don't know. So, so yeah, I, I, I really, um, like I do revel in time, and I look at a certain, mm-hmm. I look at Britney Slaves, you know, or, or Brandon Yeakley or, or Joel Turner or whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah on top of that list my big wish list is of course the heroes that i grew up listening to you know it's always it's always like robert plant and and, and ian gillen and and getty lee and you know <laughs> those those and that's yeah that's that the I second prob-
2: time you brought up robert plant we have got to get <laughs> you two together right i mean
1: but plant is my number one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Because, you know, he of course he lost the voice. You know, he can't do the fail ah, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. anymore. That's gone, but he, it's still cool what he does. You know, he finds a way, music style, where his, his voice fits, you know. Not that it's my style, but um, yeah, he's, he's got style, you know, the guy. <laughs> he's got the charisma. And yeah, the, yeah, he's a great singer. He's yeah. he the man, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I, I always felt bad for uh, singers like that when they're young and they hit all these crazy notes and then they have to figure out a way to adapt as they get older and don't quite have the voice. You know, Some singers it's, have a more subtle and they can just do it forever. But ones like that, they have to figure out something when they get a older. It's
1: cool if they do, you know, because some singers yeah. don't notice it. They'll just keep going the old way, but and, they don't make it yeah. anymore. And that's awful. You know, I can't listen to it. Right. It's like, hey, you man, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Be realistic and, and uh, try to find another way because and of course, I'm not gonna name names. I'm I sure. I'm sure we all have names in our head. Sure. Now, like, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> right. it,
0: but that uh, also that yeah. also makes the guys like Jorn Land anathemas. Where you're like, this guy seems like he could do this until he, the day he's gonna die. He just sounds like he's gonna say to his nurse, "Well, he's, you know, <laughs>
1: come <laughs> over exactly here." He's actually kind of worried about that. I remember I, I talked about him with that. I said, your voice is so strong, man. I'm sure you're like Dio, you can keep going till you're 70 or 80. But he was really worried about that. He said, well, one day I want to do stuff like Frank Sinatra. You know, I just you're want kidding. to You're like, kidding. Uh, 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 yeah. Wow. <laughs> he wants to do lounge
0: work. Oh my god, I'd love to see that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't
1: know if he meant it, but at that point, he was like, you know, that that would be like, you know, just easy. And I don't have to worry yeah. about the voice and uh, yeah. Well, Vegas. I, I also heard from I think it was from Vinny Appice. I did a tour with him, of course, played with Dio, but that's the kind of stuff that Dio grew up on. You know, that's the kind of stuff he listens to in, in his in his uh, uh, while others are playing Slayer or whatever in the in, in the dressing room, he's listening to Sinatra. And, uh, wow, <laughs> jazzy stuff like that. You know, I mean, that was the stuff he grew up on. You know, that's
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well,
0: are are well, you uh, are you planning any live performances? Because I've already told my wife, if you do another one, we are coming. So I'm I'm curious. Are there any plans or talks of a live performance anytime in the future?
1: Well, it was becoming this two-year thing. We we started in two thousand fifteen with Theory Equation, then seventeen we had the Universe, nineteen we had the Electric Castle. So obviously twenty-one, we planned another uh, area show. For obvious reasons, we couldn't do that. We moved it to two thousand twenty-two. Still not safe. So now we've moved it to 2023 uh, because it's a big thing, you know, it's, we have to rent the venue for a week. Uh, there are a hundred people involved in a uh, crew, uh, crew of a hundred people. So we invest a lot of time and a lot of money and it takes us a year to set it up. So wow. it, it's got to work, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, we can't do it because there's a pandemic. You, you threw away so much time and money. So. Uh, so but but now we, we we are planning it again in uh, to, uh, September 2023. So it's already booked the venue. Uh, and and it, it looks like it could happen now, but we decide by the end of this year, by the end of the year, we have to decide because it takes us a year to set it up.
0: Aryan, where would our listeners go, and me specifically, where would I go to follow you to make sure that I know that, you know, the minute tickets go on sale, I know where to go and I I get the updates? What's the best platform to follow you on about that?
1: I guess, uh, yeah, of course, my website, but I think websites are old-fashioned. I don't know. uh, uh, The socials, of course. I mean, I'm very active on Facebook. uh, Okay. Uh, that that's where I did all the the, the guessing games. For, I don't know if you followed that but for Revel in Time. And so yeah, that's that's where most stuff is is, is happening. Uh, but of course, if we do live stuff, you know, we're gonna make sure that you know it's gonna be on the website. It's gonna be in the area newsletter. Of course, you can subscribe to that, and it will obviously be on the socials.
0: So excellent. Okay, and, and is there a subject matter or a, an album that's the material for that show? Or have we not announced that? Yes.
1: Yes, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, when
0: you do yeah, let us yeah. know, we'll, we'll make sure we let our listeners know. Cool, cool. Excellent, excellent. Definitely. Phil, is there anything that you wanted to ask Ari? And he's been so generous with his time, and man, I could talk to you for hours, but I, I don't want to <laughs> overstay your welcome and hope maybe you'll come back again after another album and come talk to us about a release party sure, or something. Man,
1: sure, of course.
2: Phil? Uh, I-, I just wanted to say, love your work. At, uh, Human Equation was probably the first progressive metal Album I really got into and cool, kind of all cool. went downhill from there. Nothing I've listened to from any other band has lived up to that. So, okay, my favorite <laughs> albums of all time. I mean, it's absolutely great. So, great, you're man. still putting out great stuff. So, big fan. It's so great to have you on here.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Yeah, Aryan, thank you so much. Revel in Time was another home run, and you got you just keep doing what you're doing and try to silence that voice of critique as much as possible because you know you got two people here who and now it, it, and now my wife and my me, kids it
1: keeps me on my toes it keeps me on my toes that's so good I, I'll, keep, I'll keep the voice okay as long good. as it's right, right a little bit <laughs> <laughs>
2: right
0: yeah. awesome awesome okay arian thank you so much until next time this is the great heavy music you. podcast we'll talk to you soon
1: okay man no.